Welcome to Clocking In, Forces of NC Manufacturing. I'm your host, Phil Mintz, Director of the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, otherwise known as NCMEP. My role is to drive outreach to NC manufacturers, build relationships to federal and state leaders, and coordinate efforts to drive profitable manufacturing growth in North Carolina. Throughout my time working closely with manufacturers, I have heard the most quirky, curious, and memorable stories. I wanted to turn these stories into a podcast so that others may hear and be informed and inspired. From humble beginnings to manufacturing titans, from tragedy to triumph, I will be interviewing some of these manufacturers who have made North Carolina manufacturing the powerhouse that it is today. Clocking in once again from MFG Con 2022, our manufacturing conference sponsored by the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership and also Business North Carolina Magazine. Today, this time, we're sitting down with Dr. Jason Rowe. He's an associate professor of marketing and supply chain management at East Carolina University's College of Business. Dr. Rowe has worked at ECU for over a decade teaching sales and business-to-business marketing in the college. He also serves as director of the Bureau of Business Research in the College of Business, where they focus on applied research to provide insights to business leaders and policymakers across North Carolina. Dr. Rowe graduated from Marshall University with a Bachelor's of Business Administration in Marketing and a Master's of Business Administration. He also completed his Ph.D., and business administration at the University of Kentucky. So, Jason, thanks for taking time out to talk to us today. Yeah, Phil, thanks for having me. I'm enjoying the conference a lot. The venue is beautiful. It's my first time being at MFG Con, and um, the sessions have been fascinating. Good. So, we're pleased to have you, and uh, again, we're pleased to have you as a part of the NCMEP, and we look forward to the exciting projects you're going to be working on with your clients. Talk a little bit about kind of how you got to ECU and you know, once you got everything done with your PhD, that is, was that one of your first stops or? Yeah. So after the PhD, East Carolina was my first stop and, and ended up being my last stop. I'll be here for quite a while to come. And my kids are all in the, the system there in, in Greenville and connected in with their friends. And I'm going to be there for a long time. If I map out my youngest, my daughter, map out her um, age to when she would go off to college, I'll be probably near retirement. So it's, <laughs> it's going to work out really well. But before all of this academia, I was in industry for quite a few years working in consumer goods. I worked in beer and wine distribution. I did soft drink marketing for Pepsi. And I spent some time working in the medical device industry as well. So you mentioned NCMEP and um, working with companies like that I've been very, very close to manufacturing, and I've seen the uh, importance of it to the organization overall. Even these companies like medical device firm, where you think you're out there pushing medical devices, but hey, you know what? There are manufacturers that are behind all of that, making it happen. I mean, they are the people that are driving the engine for just about everything we're doing out there. So I come here with a really good understanding of the value of manufacturing and what they mean for our communities. Great. Well, there's an interesting article about how a can of peas started your sales and marketing career. Can you tell us about that? I can. So that was a long time ago. To get through college, I worked at a grocery store bagging groceries to pay the bills. My manager at one point asked me to build some displays on a front wall of the store 
and I went to the back room to see what was left over we could use. And I don't know if you're familiar with Argo peas. It's like a brown label canned peas that <laughs> no one buys apparently. So uh, I built what I thought was a pretty nice looking display of these peas. Went to my manager and I said, what's the price? And he's 49 cents. So I write the price on them. This was before scanners. So you had to use signs and stickers and everything else. And I come back the next day, no peas were gone. So I thought, hmm. So I got his okay to change the price to two for a dollar, just to see what would happen. Came back the next the next day, quite, quite a few peas were gone. People were buying two cans at a time uh, for a dollar. Now, what a smart person at that point would have done was said, maybe there's an idea here for a dollar store, right? Because they weren't around back then. But I, I missed the boat on that. But it did teach me the value of pricing strategy and got me very interested in marketing, product pricing, promotion, distribution, those types of things. And that got me going down the path that was very, very, very early on in college and got me motivated in going down the path of marketing, which also led to me studying some additional economics classes, regional development. So I got involved in economic development. It just, it spun off into a lot of different directions for my career. Yeah, that's interesting. And with all this inflation now, so what do you do now? You you put two dollars on there and, <laughs> yeah. and try to give them about four cans or three. Or? Yeah, I know inflation is um, it's an issue right now. I was in a conversation with a pretty large agricultural company a month or two ago, and the guy that was running it says, "I ran the numbers, and my cost of the of the crops that just went in the ground." 19.5% increase since this time last year, fertilizer, everything else. And those costs are baked into that crop. And they won't hit the retail grocery store until they come out of the ground or harvested later this summer or fall. So that told me that inflation is going to be with us for a little while. I think one of the things that, from a business perspective, certainly from a manufacturer's perspective, you're going to have to charge more. You may not want to charge more. You're getting hit pretty hard. Everyone else is as well. So what do you do about that? How do you increase that equation and provide more value, create more value for your immediate customer and your end user? And you start looking for things like, what can I do that doesn't really increase my cost but helps my customer? Perhaps it's faster communication time, some other ideas, access to data. There could be a lot of things we could do to get creative. With every challenge, if you think about it, on the flip side of that, there's some kind of opportunity. It's just a matter of figuring it out. Yeah, you know, you just reminded me with that, you know, and you already know this. I'm, and I'm going to ask this question. Is this a marketing thing where, where you end up getting a smaller package and a higher price? Who, who, who does that? Well, a lot of people do that, yeah. and we're going to see more of it. it. It's sometimes referred to as hidden inflation. It's where instead of getting 16 ounces for $3.99, you're going to start getting 14 ounces for $3.99. Then you're going to start getting 12 ounces for $4.29. And these types of things are going to happen. So you're going to get less in a, in a very similar looking package. <laughs> yeah, I already, I already got that already. So um, I'm not excited about it. Right, right. Talk a little bit about the Bureau of Business Research at the college. Sure. So the Bureau of Business Research has been around for a long time at East Carolina, and it's the applied research arm of the College of Business. We're housed in the College of Business. It's effectively a research center. We have a team of faculty scholars who do this type of research for industry and government. So we do, as opposed to if you think about academic research being more theoretical with the BBR, as we call it, we do more applied research to help solve problems and address challenges that are 
happening right now in industry and government. And certainly over the past couple of years, we've, we've never had more opportunity to do that kind of work and to help than we do right now. So, okay, well, we know we talked about one of the issues like inflation and also supply chain. So what do you say to manufacturers that are facing this challenges? So, yeah, the, the big areas that we're running into and hearing from people, you mentioned inflation, of course, is impacting everything, supply chain issues, but then also labor issues. So in the past, we may see somebody come to us with a project where they say, hey, we're ready to go. We have everything we need. We just need the funding to make this project happen. And, and the, the funding piece is the risk element. Now what we're seeing is people come in with good vision, well-thought-out project, and they have the funding. And, and the piece of risk is really labor. And, and it's not necessarily specialized labor. Sometimes it's just general labor. Can you get enough people to come to work for you? Just, just this week, I was in a conversation with an organization. They took their entry-level salary up 25% in order to try to attract talent and retain talent. And it was moderately effective, not entirely effective, so they're taking it up another 20%. So they end up taking it up around 50% over the course of the last six months to a year uh, on entry-level positions. So when you start to see things like that, wages going up like that, trying to catch up in any way with inflation, and you start to wonder, how does that get unwound to the point where prices go down, wages go down? I don't know. It, it well, wages don't go down. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. And it, it seems to me, too, that um, once we hit, like in marketing, once you break a key level, a key psychological level, I don't know, $4 gasoline, for example, and once you get people used to paying that, weren't we all and probably are still begging for 385 gas? Like, yeah. you know, before when it was 385, we were complaining about how expensive gas was. Right. Yeah. But I mean, at least gas prices can go down, but they can. wages cannot go down. Right. <laughs> right. right. I mean, right. that's, that's so a lot of this inflation. I guess what both of us are saying here, a lot of this fl inflation is now baked in. Right. It, it's set and, and we're going to have to build and, and deal with it from there. Your research interests include economic development across the state, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you see North Carolina economy developing over the next several years compared to other states, if you got that kind of information? I think the state is really well positioned for economic development, not only if you think about just the geography of the state from the coast to the mountains and everything in between. You think about our knowledge centers in the Triangle you think about east of there where I am, East Carolina, we're the sort of the gateway to the eastern part of the state. And there's so much going on over there in terms of manufacturing, medical, health, aerospace. There's a ton of activity going on in the east as well. Then you look back over towards the Greensboro area and some of the economic development wins that have happened over in, in the triad. And then, of course, we go down towards Charlotte, North Charlotte, and those areas that are, that are building and developing. So I think we have a ton of opportunity going forward in, in North Carolina. And not only that, we have talented people at the state level and even within the counties with the economic development people I've talked to, very talented people, many of them lifelong residents of the counties they're serving. Uh, I think we are, we're stacked with a really good team of people and we are fortunate 
geographically to be positioned where we are. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting to be a pirate these days uh, down, at, down at East Carolina. I know you have some some nice new projects that's being developed, some some new relationships you're putting together down there. And so it seems to be some excitement in the area. Yeah, there really is. And I'm excited about the NCMEP partnership. I'm just coming on board with it. I know it's been going on for a little bit with ECU. And I'm just now at the very front end of coming on board, understanding um, how things operate, what we need to be doing, how we're going to work together. And I've been here at the conference having sidebar conversations with people from your team. And I'm excited about what we're going to be able to do going forward with um, with NCMEP and manufacturing. All right. Well, good, Jason. But thank you so much for joining me for a little bit of discussion about you and what's going on at ECU. And we again, we look forward to the partnership and the activities that we can put together together. Me too, Phil. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining today's Clocking In, Forces of NC Manufacturing. This podcast is brought to you by NC State's College of Engineering, the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, and Industry Expansion Solutions. If you'd like to learn more about the solutions NCMEP offers, go to www.ncmep.org. Want to listen to previous Clocking In podcasts? Go to ncmep.org slash clocking in.